teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. I want you to turn your Bible beginning tonight to the, chap- uh, to the book of Mark, the 11th chapter. And uh, we'll start there this evening. We're going to share some things about faith tonight. Amen. Somebody says, is that all you know? Absolutely not. But it does change, it does, uh, it does solve a lot of problems yes. if you learn how to walk by faith. Amen. Yes. You know, uh, we've been talking about this for two services. I think we started last Wednesday night. And uh, we, you really, I was looking through some things today. I really think, I really do, I really think I could preach on faith for the rest of my life and not exhaust the subject. I'm serious. You might think that's an exaggeration. You ought to see the notes of how the Lord's talked to me about it over, what is this, since 1987. However many years that is. How many years is that? Somebody's math. Huh? Almost 30. Notes and things he said to me, and I was looking through it, and I'm thinking, (laughs) how long would it take to get through all that? Not that we're trying, but the point is that there is a lot. This is basically what the Word of God is. It's the message of faith. And uh, so we've got to learn this and, uh, and be victorious. The just shall live by faith, not just get a bailout by faith. Li- they live this way. Live this way. Good times, bad times, live it. Amen. We speak the word and we live by faith when good, good th- things are happening and when bad things are happening. But uh, I want to start here in the book of Mark, chapter number 11. Some of the most important words in the Bible on the subject of faith. And uh, if you don't, uh, if you're not excited about this subject, let me tell you something about you you might not know. (laughs) Would you like to know something about you you don't know? If it doesn't thrill you, thrill you, thrill you to hear about living by faith, then you're not doing it. You're not walking in the light you already have. Because when you do it and you see the results... Oh, it, it, oh, life is good. It's exciting. Oh, suki, suki, mama mia. <laughs> so uh, I was one time talking to the Lord about, about uh, I, I just came out of a real, I told you this one time, a couple times maybe, about a real exciting service that we, we were uh, a part of. I mean, just particip- I mean, just attending. And uh, came out of the service into another service that started almost immediately. It was out of prayer school and at, at Bible school over into healing school. Came out of that service and waiting for healing school to start. And uh, I was there early in the, the next auditorium where the next class started. And I was just walking back and forth across the back of the auditorium just, just thanking God for that service I'd just come out of. And I just said, God, I want to live the most exciting life I can live. And if I ever heard God talk to me. If I ever heard him, he, I heard him that day. Amen. It just rang. It, I don't know if it was audible if you'd have been in the room, but it just rang through every pore of my being. Yes. He said this. He said, that's the life of faith, my son. Woo, man. <laughs> you get to step out on the promises of God over an aching void with nothing under you but the word of God. You get to do the impossible. It works. It works. 
Got a testimony today. Somebody was testifying. You know, I've been practicing that. They're sort of new at the church. Been practicing that, uh, casting down thoughts and not taking the thoughts and answer them. And that works. That works. What a revelation. Man, you get a hold of that. It's like the word works. The word works. But anyway, Mark 11. You ready to live the most exciting life you can live? Mark 11, verse number 22. We're going to go over some real simple basics tonight. Real, just stay as simple as we can. Our goal tonight is to make it simple. Verse number 22. This is, the, of course, the context is Jesus, after he had spoken to the fig tree, cursed it, and said, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. You remember the disciples heard it, and they went into the, uh, that night, uh, went out to, to rest. And next morning they came by, and they saw the fig tree that 24 hours earlier Jesus had spoken to. They saw it withered away. And Peter looked at it and said, to, you know, verse 21, he called to remember and said, The master of the fig tree you cursed is withered away. Jesus answered and said unto him, said unto them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Now, a lot of people don't really think that uh, anyone else could have done what Jesus did to that fig tree. But Jesus went on to say, he's talking to the disciples. He said, You have faith in God. In other words, this will work for you. For verily I say unto you, that I'm Jesus, I can do that. No. no. That whosoever shall say unto this mountain, there must have been a mountain right there, he was illustrating, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he saith. Then he talks about in verse number 24, he talks about prayer. What things soever, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray. See up in verse 23, as he said, we, you should say. Here he said, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. This is the faith of God. Actually, the margin of my Bible up there in verse 22, it says, in, it has a little letter G by faith, have faith in God. And the letter G says, the faith of God and then it says, i.e., the faith which God gives. And that, the reason it says that in so many Bibles is that's what the Greek says. Many Bibles have that. You can look at your Bible, you might have that. The faith of God, the God kind of faith, other people have uh, termed it. But it's the, the God kind of faith, meaning there's another kind. Remember, Thomas had a, a certain kind of faith. And he said, unless you, Jesus said, unless you see, you won't believe. I mean, unless you see, you won't believe. In other words, if he saw it, he would believe it. That's what he said. I will not believe unless I put my finger in the nail, nail prints. This is after Jesus raised from the dead. You remember what I'm talking about. And uh, unless I see it, unless I put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Jesus appeared and uh, he said, put your finger in, in my hand and your hand in my side. And, and uh, he said, be not faithless, but believing. Then he said, Thomas, because you've seen me, you have believed. Wait a minute. Was he faithless or was he a believer? Well, he was a believer based on what he saw, not a believer based on what he heard. Because they had told them, Jesus had said ahead of time he was going to raise from the dead after three days. Thomas didn't believe that. Then the disciples, after visiting the grave, came back and said, he's, he's not there. He's risen. The angel said he's risen. Yes. He gave, he, Thomas wasn't there, and they gave that report to Thomas, and Thomas said, well, I, unless I see him, I'm not going to believe that. So he, he didn't believe what he heard, but he believed what he saw. 
Somebody said, seeing is believing. Well, that's not the God kind of faith. The God kind, which is the kind he talks about right here, the faith of God, believes what, it, what he said regardless of what we see. That's the God kind of faith. Amen. That's the kind I'm interested in. I, I'm not interested in Thomas's kind of faith because he, Jesus said, Thomas, because you've seen me, you, you have believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. I'm interested in the blessing. That's right. And so I'm interested in a different kind of faith than Thomas's faith because there is no blessing in the Thomas kind of faith. People want the Abraham's, they want Abraham's blessing. You can't get Abraham's blessing with the Thomas kind of faith. You're going to have to have Abraham's kind of faith. What was Abraham's faith? The Bible said, in, uh, you want to read it uh, and you're on your own time, Mark, uh, not Mark, but Romans, the fourth chapter, talks about he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to do. He, he against hope, believed in hope. Remember that? He called things that be not as though they were. God had said to him about, uh, you know, he'd be the father of multitude, and he started agreeing with that, started believing that and saying that, and it all came to pass. Against Against, uh, you know, all, all, you know, they wouldn't have done it on the, in the natural, in other words. Right. Right. Yes. Amen. Not only was Sarah not able to conceive in her younger years, but now she's in her older years. But God spoke to him and said, you're going to have a son. Yeah. <laughs> <Amen>. What? <laughs> well, he believed it. I mean, he, he, didn't, he didn't right away, but eventually he believed it and uh, it came to pass. Amen. So he against hope. Without That means expectation. There's no reason in the natural to expect it to happen, but he expected it to happen because God said, I have made you this. Amen. So that's the God kind of faith. Abraham's faith was really God's kind of faith. And uh, that's the kind he's talking about here. Have the faith of God. Now notice something else about the faith of God. Verse 23. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say, say, circle say, under this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. We could say, believe in his heart. So don't, don't doubt in his heart, but believe in his heart that those things which he saith shall come to pass, so have whatever he saith. So notice two elements of the God kind of faith. Number one, what you say, and number two, what you believe in your heart. Somebody say, this is simple, yeah? We got to get it simple because sometimes we go, go over people's heads. Yeah. And so we're not, we're, we're, we're trying to preach faith where we are maybe and, and people aren't getting it. They got to get back and get the foundation that we got, you know, so they can get, get along like we got along. Praise the Lord. And uh, so we're, we're talking about the, the uh, God kind of faith and this is the God kind of faith. It believes something and says something. Do you see that? These are some very important words on the, about the God kind of faith. Now, uh, Jesus demonstrated the God kind of faith here. He said to that fig tree, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. Notice, he's not talking to God here. It's scriptural to talk to God. That's called prayer. But Jesus, in this case, that, that's verse 24. But in verse 23, and the illustration from the fig tree, he's not talking to God. Right. He didn't say, oh, God, do something about this fig tree. No. He, he spoke to. These are words being spoken that he believed in his heart. Because do you think he does what he, what, do you think he practices his own word? 
do you think when he gave them Mark 11, 23 about how the God kind of faith works, do you think he just said, this is the way it works, but that's not what he did whenever he spoke to that fig tree? Do you think he believed that in his heart, that that would come to pass, what he said to that fig tree? Of course he did. Of course he did. He did what he preached. He, he practiced his own preaching. He believed what he said when he spoke to that tree. And uh, so that means we need to understand what believing is. What, is, what does it mean to believe? Uh, and uh, then he said what he believed. So there's two elements to it, aren't there? Jesus demonstrated the God kind of faith. And uh, it's faith that believes in the heart and says something with the mouth. Now, a lot of Christians have gotten saved and they use their faith to get saved, but they don't realize that that same faith can be used continually throughout life against the circumstances of life, get this, on purpose. <laughs> on purpose, you can do this and make it work for you over and over again. But a lot of people, they got saved by faith, but they never thought about using it and on anything else. Amen. You can use it to get saved. Go over to Romans chapter number 10. That's how we got, that's how all of us got saved. Nobody got saved by works. Nobody got saved by doing anything else. They got saved by faith. You know, by grace. I, you understand, you can't just do anything by faith unless the grace of God provided it. So I'm not just saying by faith alone, but, it's, but you tapped into the grace of what Jesus provided for you by your faith. If it wasn't for his grace, you wouldn't do anything by your faith. I don't want to mis mislead you on that. But, but uh, notice back here in Romans 6, excuse me, not Romans 6, Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. It says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever thought about this? Look at verse 9 very carefully. Is, is that prayer? Huh? Is that man that's confessing that with his mouth, that Jesus is Lord? We'd say it this way, Jesus is Lord. Yes, Confess Jesus as Lord. And believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead to be saved. Is that man that, did, that does that, that, that does that verse, practices that verse, gets saved? Is he talking to God? He's really not talking to God, is he? He's believing something and saying something. He's using the God, he's acting on the God kind of faith. Isn't that an amazing thought? Notice what he said. Verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So that's how you got saved. Now people have done that in a prayer talking to God. But yet right on the other hand, just by the, by the strict definition of prayer, that's not prayer right there. You can just simply say, Jesus, you're my Lord. I believe you raised from the dead. You're saved. Amen. Just as saved as a guy that went to God and said, oh, God, forgive me of all my sin. I received Jesus into my heart. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes. Do you understand the difference yes, there? Yes. Well, uh, so he said, the man, according to the end of that verse, shall be saved. That's how a man gets saved. Amen. Now, let me ask you a question. What are the two elements of getting saved there then? Believe in something in your heart and confess something with your mouth. That's the God kind of faith right there, isn't it? 
Look at verse number 10. For with the heart man believeth. Well, that gives us a little understanding then about believing. This is not something you do with your mind. And we need to understand that, to be honest with you. We'll get to that hopefully tonight. Uh, I'll just say in passing, though, what is the heart? The heart is the spirit of a man. The word heart and spirit are used most of the time interchangeably in the New Testament. So this is not something you do with your head. This is not mental assent. This is not just mentally agreeing with something. This is something you believe deep down in your heart. And we'll get into that a little bit more, hopefully tonight. I think we can get to it tonight. For at the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Notice, with the heart and with the mouth. So the heart and the mouth are, are spoken of again, aren't they? That's the God kind of faith, isn't it? Because Jesus said so in Mark 11, 22 and 23. That's the God kind of faith. Hello? That's how you get saved. Well, continue practicing that throughout life on anything the Word of God says. Take that and apply that to anything you find in the Word of God. If it says, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, then you take that principle and apply that. If it says, uh, you know, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin, cleanse you of all unrighteousness, then do that and take that and, and of course, practice that, confess it, and, 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 and uh, he'll cleanse you. And then you can say, now, Father, based on your word, now I exercise the God kind of faith and say, now I'm forgiven. Amen. And I'm, I'm cleansed from all unrighteousness. Father, I just say that before you, believing that in my heart. You just exercise the God kind of faith. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Somebody says, oh, please forgive me. You say, all right, well, I will whenever I feel like it. I just, it's just having such trouble with unforgiveness. I just don't feel, don't feel like I forgave them. Well, you can do that by faith too. You can say with your mouth, I forgive you and release you of all, any obligation to restore anything to me that you did against me wrong. And I just say with my mouth and believe in my heart that you're forgiven. And then you walk away and your feelings still don't feel like you forgave them. And you say, it was a choice. I did it. And I did it by the God kind of faith. And I say, I did it. I say it's done. Because you do forgive by faith. You don't do it by feelings. I'll tell you that. Then you mortify the deeds of the flesh by faith. Amen. Amen. If you've been uh, bound to cigarettes or bound to some habit, you start saying. See, the God kind of faith can be applied to any, anything. He that is dead is freed from sin. That's just one thing you could take and get free from cigarettes with. Or anything. He, the, I'm dead. I'm crucified with Christ. The old man that loves cigarettes was crucified with Christ. And I, the, the, I, since I was crucified with, with Christ, I'm now a dead man. Not physically, but dead, dead to the nature of the flesh. And he that is dead is freed from sin. So I'm free from the sin of smoking cigarettes and destroying my body before the time. Thank you, Father. I believe it in my heart and I say it with my mouth and walk right free from smoking cigarettes. You can do this. You can use this in any area. We, we always talk about divine healing. You can use it in divine healing. You can use it in safety. You can use it when, uh, you know, they sometimes in the springtime around here, they talk about tornadoes and hail and straight line winds and all that. And people go, oh, it's that season. Well, believe it in your heart. Get some promises. 
find Psalm 91, get some things out of there, and then believe that in your, and build that into your spirit, man. Believe that and then say with your mouth, I, I say that I'll go through this whole spring and not a thing will be touched because it says he'll give his angels charge over me. And believe that in your heart. Say that with your mouth. And if the devil brings a thought back to you about, you know, well, you know, a storm comes up and they're saying, oh, it's getting bad. Then you stand there and you say, this is what I say is going to happen. Amen. Yes, sir. And you just hold, that's what we call holding the devil in the arena of faith. Because he's there yakety yak yak with unbelief trying to get you to say something other than that. But you stand on the God's word. We've been talking about that. Amen. But most Christians never had that thought that they could use the God kind of faith for anything else. Jesus used it for all kinds of things. He used it to raise a man from the dead. He used it to calm the wind and the waves. He used it to, to, to uh, tell fevers to leave. He rebuked the fever and Peter's mother-in-law. He used it here to crucify, no, I was going to say crucify, uh, to, uh, to destroy that fig tree. Hallelujah. He said to people that came for healing, go your way. One man came for, his, for healing of his son. Go your way, your son liveth. The man believed that and, and went back and he was like, how'd that, how'd that work? Jesus believed it and said it. Somebody said, well, I believed it and said it. It didn't come to pass. That was yesterday and I gave up. Well, don't, don't give up so quick. Don't give up so quick. Does it say in Mark eleven twenty three, if you'll say and not doubt in your heart, believe those things you say will come to pass instantly? Huh? No, no. He, he didn't say, back there, he said, he'll say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the seeds. Don't doubt in your heart, believe those things which he says shall come to pass. And then you get a hard hat and say to your friends, watch out, this is going to blow up here right now, right now, right now. <laughs> Boom, there it is. See, I told you what I say comes to pass. Mountains removed, there we go, go right through. No, it might not happen instantly in the natural. But you believe what you say shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I say that and my mind just, the devil attacks my mind. Welcome to walking by faith. Yes. You got to learn to resist that yes. and keep on in, this, in the realm of faith in the midst of all that. Yes. I done already preached myself happy. This is the God kind of faith. Yes. Hallelujah. What do you mean the God kind of faith? Well, think about in creation. I know the world doesn't believe it anymore, but that's their problem. How did everything get here? God said, let there be light. <laughs> light started expanding at the speed of light. And it's still going today, they say. Somebody said, how big is the universe? Well, how, how, many how long ago was that that he said, let there be light? And it's been going at the speed of light ever since. Someone said there was a big bang. Yeah, God said it and bang, it happened. Amen. I believe in the Big Bang Theory. God said, let there be light. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Glory. And uh, then he take, took matter and formed it into different animals and plants and so forth. And he did that all with his words. Praise God. That's how God created the world. He did it by his faith. Well, you're going to create planets, Pastor? No, that's not my realm of authority. My realm of authority is my life. Amen. So people get weird with this stuff, and that's their problem. Just because they haven't sat in church long enough doesn't, doesn't mean what I'm preaching is wrong. 
Amen. Amen. People, they just hear a little bit of it, run off with it, just enough to be dangerous, you know. <laughs> they're, they're speaking to, you know, the ground and commanding oil wells to come up. And, well, what scripture are you standing on? So you don't have a scripture to stand on on that. But you do have scriptures that say, whatever you put your hand to, you'll prosper. So, you know, stay within the word. Anyway, so uh, if you put your hand to a job, God, God gave you a job, then you say over that job, Amen. Father, I thank you. I have great favor here for the righteous are circled with favor as a shield. I thank you doors of opportunity and increase are opening for me here. I thank you, Father God, that I'm increasing more and more because you increase us more and more. And you just speak things over that. Um, hallelujah. <laughs> I was talking to someone today about some of the things we're doing and moving into, and, and uh, we were talking to some professionals to help us do some of it. And uh, we were talking about, you know, how much money we were going to spend on it and so forth, or that we would like to spend on it. And he said, sort of under his breath, sort of I heard him across the table, and I've known him for about 10 years, and so I know he said this really 10 years ago, and I knew he'd said it. He said uh, he wanted to do the same thing we're doing. And... Uh, but as today, across the table, I heard him say, man, that's about what I want to spend on some land, and I want to do that too. And, and then he kind of came back to the conversation with us, you know. Mm-hmm. He's a Christian man. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I thought, man, your answer's right under your nose. Yeah. Come on. Your answer's yeah. right under yeah. your nose. Come on. Yeah. How far is that? That's not too far, right there. <laughs> if you could just get people to understand yes. that. Yes. Ah, I wish that would work for me. It don't work by wishing. It works by believing it and saying it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the God kind of faith. That's what he created the worlds with in the beginning. Amen. Jesus didn't pray about the fig tree. He spoke to it. People say, that's what I want. I want faith. And so they go to praying about it. Lord, give me more faith. Well, go to Romans 12. You're there in 10. Go to Romans 12. Verse number 3. I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. That's what I want, Pastor Jay. I want more faith. I want more faith. I want faith. I just wish, I just don't seem to have any faith. Well, we'll give an altar call for you right at the end of the service today and you can be born again then. Oh, no, I'm saved. I'm saved. But I just don't have any faith. Well, how'd you get saved then? There you go. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. You have to have faith because you used it yeah. to get saved. Come on. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, but I just don't have what other people have. Well, you, according to this verse you do, he's dealt to every one of us the measure of faith. You think God, since he's talking about God. God has dealt to, do you think God dealt to us the Thomas kind of faith? No, sir. If it came from God, who's, what kind do you think it is? God. It's the God kind. That's right. Amen. It's the God kind. Yes, sir. So say out loud, I have, I have a, measure, a measure, the measure, the measure of, the God kind of, faith. of the God kind of faith. I have the kind of faith, kind of faith that God used, God used to create the worlds in the beginning. You ever thought about that? You don't have his measure, but you got the measure he dealt to everybody down here. Say out loud, I have the kind of faith that Jesus used to curse the fig tree. That's in me now. God has dealt it to me. Hallelujah. 
So I have faith. I have faith. Amen. So no longer should you say, I don't have any faith. Because God dealt to you a measure of faith. Or we better say it the way the Bible says it, the measure. When you say a measure, people say, well, that's the problem. Somebody got, other people got a different measure than me. The measure means everybody got the same measure. Everybody. When, a per when did I get that? You got that when you were born again. When you heard the word of salvation, I like to say it this way, that word brought faith to you. And it's as if it, it just sort of hovered around you yeah. and you and you accepted that word and and said it and faith went into you amen. Amen. now you have it amen. remember the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long-suffering these are all things that came with the new birth uh goodness faith some translations say faithfulness but but uh faith is a part of that amen so you have it tell your neighbor you have it you don't have to pray for it you don't have to fast or pray, pray for four days or promise God you'll do better. Or, no, you already have it. Well, just like you can uh, notice, he said he has dealt. Notice the third, chat, third verse here. God has dealt, dealt to every man. That's talking about every believer, every New Testament believer. Because you go over to, what is that, 2 Thessalonians there where it talks about... Uh, 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 2 Thessalonians 3, 2, it says, uh, God delivers us from wicked and unreasonable men, for all men have not faith. 2 Thessalonians 3, 2. Or which, somebody said, which one is right? Do all men have faith? Or do all, has God dealt to every man the measure of faith? Or does not everyone have faith? Well, see, he's talking back there in 2 Thessalonians 3, 2. He's talking about uh, wicked men. Yes, yeah. He says, God delivers us from wicked and unreasonable men, for all men have not faith. Talking about wicked and unreasonable men don't have faith. You understand? But when he says here he's dealt to every one of us, he's talking about the church. He's talking about the body of Christ. Every born-again believer has the measure. of they, God gave them the, the measure, of the, the, the divine God kind of faith, and they have a measure of that. Everybody got the equal measure. Now, look at the word dealt here. In the Greek, it's the word merizo, I guess is the way you pronounce it. I don't know for sure, but uh, M-E-R-I-Z-O. It means to distribute, deal out, divide anything with another, to divide into parts, allotments, or shares. So God has dealt out a share or a portion or an allotment of His faith to every one of His children. You have that now. I said you have that now. Amen. Amen. You're a shareholder in the God kind of faith. <laughs> See, when you buy shares in a stock, in a company, you know, a publicly listed company, you buy shares, you own a small fraction of that company. They give you, whenever you give them the price of the stock, they give you, you know, it's all electronic now, but you understand. And uh, that's what God did when you got born again. God, God gave you stock. In, in the God kind of faith. Amen. He dealt it out to yeah. you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now you're a shareholder. Yeah. Amen. I said, you're a shareholder. Poke your neighbor and say, hey, you got some valuable shares of faith. Amen. See, you need to think of it that way. Well, what, you know, what are you doing with it? 
Have you ever thought about doing something with it? You know, develop this so that you can get beyond just your life and use it for the church. Use it for the kingdom at large. God wants us all to get beyond ourselves. But you can't do that without developing what he gave you. And one place to develop what he gave you is in your own life. Amen. Well, I just, I just have to start somewhere. Where do I start? Well, if where you're at is, is believing God for a pair of socks, just believe God for a new pair of socks. Praise God for a pair of socks that doesn't have holes in them. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Somebody said, well, how on earth am I going to make progress? Just believe. See, you, you develop. See, this faith can grow. We'll look at that. Hopefully, I, oh my goodness, I'm having too much fun here tonight. But it can grow. The, the, the measure he gave you can grow. In fact, let's just look at that right now. Look at that right now here. Go over there to uh, 2 Thessalonians, I believe it is. I can get over here and make sure I'm in the right book of Thessalonians. <clears throat> 2 Thessalonians, chapter number 1, verse number 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity, that's the love of every one of you all toward each other, aboundeth. Your faith grows. Your faith can grow. Amen. So don't think the, the measure you got is all you, you're going to have the rest of your life. You can, you can develop that faith. It can grow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It can grow. Ooh. Well, how do you grow it? Well, number one, you just like growing physically. You, you feed, you, like, you know. Faith Renee was born Thursday, actually getting close to 20, uh, a whole week ago now, mm -hmm. tomorrow morning. <laughs> Amen. Well, guess what? She's going to grow physically. But what, what, what is required? She's got to eat and she's being fed, so she'll grow. But then she's going to have to exercise more and more as she grows. Isn't that right? Well, that's the same way your faith grows. You have to feed it. What's, what, what do I feed it on? I feed, you feed it on the scriptures. That's... The scriptures are faith food. Yes, Amen. 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 Go over here in, uh, you're here in, uh, yeah, Lord, I see it. Go over here to the book of, uh, let me see here. Second uh, Timothy, I believe. No. Well, it's somewhere here in uh, 1 Timothy. I don't, I don't see it right in front of me. Where he talks about being nourished up in the words of faith. Some Bible scholar ought to tell me where I'm... Yeah, here it is. 1 Timothy, chapter 4. I was looking in the first chapter. Look here in the sixth verse. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Paul's talking to a young minister, Timothy. You'll be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith Amen. and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. Get, look at that statement. Nourished up in the words of faith. See, that's the problem a lot of Christians have is they go to a church where their faith is not nourished. They're being nourished in tradition, man-made doctrines, theories. Come on now psychology, yeah, come on, yeah. things that feed the mind, right. but don't feed the spirit. All right, come on. 
And since they don't feed the spirit of a man, they don't feed man's faith. I believe every sermon ought to have, you know, like the FDA requires a, a, a can of soup or anything that we buy, a box of crackers. They put a label on there and say fat, such and such and percent, you know, protein and all that. Well, I think sermons ought to have that in it. And if it was required that that be on there, yeah. a lot of preachers would start preaching yeah. something different. Come on, yeah. Because their label would say 35% theory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 35 or 25%, you know, our denominational doctrine. Yeah. Come on, yes. Yeah. 10% psychology. And whatever the balance of that is, I, was, I lost track. The balance of that little wee bit of it would be the word. Yeah. No wonder the people's faith isn't nourished because those other things don't nourish faith. Yep, there. Are you, are you out there? Not, not up there. Are you out there? Nourished up. That just speaks volumes to me. Your faith can grow is what I'm trying to say. But anyway, you take that measure you have, you can feed it, number one, and number two, exercise it, and it'll grow. It'll grow. I said it'll grow. Amen. Amen. What used to, I was just thinking about this afternoon. <clears throat> now, what used to take every ounce of faith I had yeah. um, to, to receive. Uh -huh. I was thinking about it today, just, just uh, sort of figuring some things out. I can now, after, that was way back there in 87, 88, 89. So actually, probably about 89. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Looks, I, what, what it used to take, all the faith I had to receive. Now, it takes probably about the same amount of faith all the faith I have today to receive. And I figured out how much difference it is, about 20 times different. That's after 25, almost 30 years of feeding it and exercising it. Think about that. Absolutely amazing how you can grow. You remember uh, the Bible, not the Bible, but uh, over there in Bristol, England, you remember, uh, what's that man's name that had that, those orphanages? George Mueller, yeah. He said he started out because he never had any organization uh, support him. He just trusted God every day for what those orphans needed. And he said, what took all, he said, when I first started out, it took all the faith I have to believe for one dollar to help feed those orphans. He said, but after 50 years of feeding my faith on God's word daily and uh, exercising it, he said, it's just as easy for me now to believe for a million dollars as it was one dollar back there 50 years ago. Hallelujah. I like what Smith Wigglesworth did. He would not eat a meal unless he sat down right afterwards and fed his faith. Did you know that? And people wonder why they don't have strong faith. Well, they feed their body three hot meals a day, but they never feed their faith. If they don't go to the right church, their body, only, their body gets three hot meals a day, but their spirit only gets yeah. one cold snack a week. All right. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Y'all out there, you're going home. No wonder people are walking in, in defeat. No wonder the devil's having a heyday in their life because there's nothing to feed their faith. They're not growing. They're not developing. Amen. Hallelujah. See, God, when he dealt to every man the measure of faith, he, that was the great equalizer. Don't come to me making excuses. Well, I don't have an education. I don't have this. My skin's the wrong color. My, my this, my that. God leveled the playing field. 
He said, you got born again. Here's the measure of my faith. Just like you could hand, you could take two people whenever they turn 21 years old. You could take two people, maybe they're your children, I don't know, whoever. But you take two people and you give them both $1 million to get them started in life. One person could go live in the flesh, just live in riotous living and waste that away and within a few years be bankrupt. The other one could take that million dollars and turn it into their lifetime. They could turn it into $500 million. They were given an equal start. It's just that one did the wrong thing with it and the other one did the right thing with it. One knew how to grow it. The other one just wasted it. That's the way God's faith is. People make excuses. Listen, if you're making excuses, whether it be the lack of education or whatever it is, you are not exercising your faith because faith does not make excuses. Well, nobody gives me a chance. Get over it. Thank you. Come on. Why don't you make your own way with the God kind of faith? With the God kind of faith. You got enough on the inside to, 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 make, to, to make a tremendous success out of life. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Listen to a couple other verses in uh, the Bible that uses this same word here. Remember Hebrews, not Hebrews, in uh, Romans 12, verse 3, he has dealt, dealt. Listen to the way that Greek word translated there, dealt, is interpreted or translated in other passages. Um, Mark 6, 41, there he said, um, whenever he, this is whenever he was feeding, I think this is the 5,000, either the fourth 5,000, Mark 6, 41. And when he had taken five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them unto the disciples and set them before them. And the two fishes divided he among them. The word divided, there's the same Greek word translated dealt in Romans 12, 3. So you can see he took something that was a whole and divided it up. Yeah. In pieces. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That's what Jesus did. That's what God did whenever you got born again. He said, okay, now here's your salvation. Here's everything that belongs to you in me. Here's your righteousness. Here's your joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. Here's your, don't forget to get your faith, right? Here's your, the measure of the God kind of faith. A lot of Christians went, thank you. Put it in their pocket and walked off and never thought about what to do with that. Am I, is, is that getting through to you? You need to do it. You learn to use it on purpose and learn to direct it toward all the circumstances of life. Glory be to God. Because it'll work for you in all these circumstances of life. All right. So praise the Lord. Now Ephesians 2, 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest uh, any man should boast. So, by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Salvation is not of ourselves. It's by grace through faith. It's the gift of God. But so also, it is, it is not unscriptural to say also when he says here, uh, and, and this is Ephesians 2.8, when he says not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. You could also say he's saying that that faith is not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Whenever you got born again, God gave you that as part of the new birth. And what will that faith do? It'll, it'll move mountains. You can call things and they come. You can speak to things and they go. Yeah. 
You can bind devils. You can loose angels. You can, you can start things and stop things. You can, you know, the Bible says the tongue is like a rudder. You can make things go this way, make things go that way. Uh, I don't believe that. Well, then just do without. We're not interested in you, what you don't believe. We're interested in what the Bible says. Well, I, I never have been able to do that. Well, you didn't know what you know now. Now you know. Now, now um, so notice there, he said, it's, it's by, uh, it's, I believe it's mainly talking about salvation. By grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. But also, I want you to notice something about this. Over in, uh, go over there in your Bible to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 14. And I'll prove this to you. That not only is salvation not of yourself and a gift of God, but faith is not of yourself. It's the gift of God. We really already saw that because yeah. right. God dealt us a measure of, the measure of His faith. Yeah. Yeah. That's not of ourselves. Right. It's not ours. It's His. Yes. It's ours in the sense that He gave it to us to use, but it came from Him. Now, if it was human in its source, then it would only be able to do human things. Right. But it's not. It's divine in its source. Amen. So, uh, what would it do in God's heart and mouth? It'll do the same thing in your heart and mouth. Now, you might not have the measure God has. Don't misunderstand me. But you can take the measure you do have and develop it into everything you need in this life. God, God was not unfair to say uh, He didn't give us the supernatural kind that could do supernatural. He wasn't unfair to not give us that. And then second of all, He, was, he has given us everything we need to develop it. He's given us the Word of God to develop it on. So it's really something that we are stewards of and how we develop it is up to us. We can be lazy like the guy, like I said, you give two people a million dollars, one just turn it into bankruptcy. Yeah. We can do that. Yes, sir. Or we can just do like the one guy, the, he hid it in a napkin, and when Jesus came back, here you have what you gave me. That's not good enough for Jesus. No. That's not, see, what about, see, remember what he said to that servant? He said, you wicked servant. Yeah. Yeah. Most Christians haven't thought about it that way. You know why it's wrong to just hide your faith, you know, under a bushel or something, you know, just and give it back to God when it comes, is because He gave it to you to produce something for Him. Yes. To produce something for His kingdom. Yes. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. And also to use to receive from Him for yourself. But anyway, here, are you, have you found 1 Timothy 1, 14? For the grace of our Lord, Je uh, of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Say with faith and love. With faith and love. So he said, the grace that we received, the abundant grace, he's talking about whenever we got born again. He said it was exceeding abundant with faith and love. So the Amplified says that grace was accompanied by faith and love. Accompanied. So it would be fine whenever it says there in Ephesians 2, 8 says, by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it was the gift of God. It'd be fine to say the salvation was not of ourselves, it was the gift of God, but it'd be also fine to say faith. Yeah. Yes, sir. Faith was not of ourselves, yeah. but is of the gift of God. Yes, Amen. Amen. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. You following me on yes, that? Sir. Because it came, the, the grace of God came accompanied yes, by faith and love. Yes, 
Now the word uh, there when it says it was accompanied, it means in the dictionary, a thing which goes naturally or inevitably with something else. Inevitably means unavoidable, certain to happen. You cannot get saved without you getting the measure of faith. Impossible to happen. It's unavoidable. You can't get in. You can't even get into salvation without the faith. So don't let the devil tell you you don't have any. You still there? You're going home. Hallelujah. But see, uh, there, um, there's no such thing as a believer not having faith. All believers have faith, but they're not taught it. So they don't realize it or recognize it, and they're not using it. See, what you're not conscious of, you're not going to use. And that's another reason you need to feed on the Word, and especially the measure of faith and the, the Word about faith, is because that keeps you conscious of the fact, I have this. This is resident on the inside of me. It's a divine spark from which I can light a fire. God put that divine spark in there in order for you to, to, to receive all the promises of God and, and walk into all the blessings of God and put the devil on the run to fight the good fight of faith, to stand against the wiles of the enemy. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So he gave it to you to live victoriously in life. Man, oh man, oh man, oh. How are you going to please God? It's impossible without walking by faith. It's not that he's mad if you don't. It's that he, he has so much he wants to do for you that he's not happy unless you're receiving it. And faith is what receives. Amen. So um, somebody said, well, I, I got saved, but I don't have any. Well, who ever heard of a believer that doesn't believe? No, no such thing. <laughs> so we got to get people aware of the God kind of faith because they aren't aware of it. People are going around saying, I don't have faith, when really they're taking sides against God. God said they do. So you need to say, I do. Amen. 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 Say, I have the measure of the God kind of faith. Amen. Amen. Um, so really people that say, I don't have any, it's that they're not conscious of it. And a lot of times they're sincere. I mean, sincerely wrong, but they're sincere. <laughs> and, uh, and they're basically telling God whenever they say, I don't have any faith. I'm talking about a born-again person now. They say, I don't have any faith. Well, they're really lying against God. They're calling God a liar. They're saying, I know you said in your word that you gave me this faith, but I don't have it. I just don't have it. Well, how are you going to get God to work for you whenever you're accusing him of lying like that? You just got to stop lying against. Somebody's not telling the truth about this. Either God lied or you're lying. And I've been around God long enough to know I think I'm going to stay with Him. Amen. 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 You're saying that because you don't feel like you have any faith. And faith is not a feeling. If it was of the body, you would feel it. But the reason Christians don't feel like they have any faith is because they're more body conscious than they are word conscious. More, more physical conscious or feeling conscious than they are uh, spirit, aware of spirit things. Amen. Faith is of the heart. Faith is not of the mind. It's not of the body. It's of the spirit of a man. 
And if you're walking more in the flesh and more body ruled than you are spirit ruled, you're going to say things like that. I don't have any faith or I don't have the measure of faith or I just don't have what it takes. Amen. Say, well, I don't have enough. Well, there's a solution for that. Get in the solution. By the way, how much do you think you need? And, and when are you going to stop letting the devil tell you how much you need? Jesus did not say, listen to me, Jesus did not say, if you had faith as a mountain, you would say to this mustard seed, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. <laughs> he did not say that. But the devil will tell you, listen to me, your feelings and the devil together with your feelings will never tell you you have enough faith. You, you need to realize a lot of Christians that are saying, I don't have any or I don't have enough, they're speaking out of their feelings and they're speaking out of their, the, what the devil's saying. Yes, come on. If you were to walk in the average church today and say, and just without, without any teaching on what great faith is and all of that, and ask, how many here have great faith? Nobody would raise their hand. Because they have let the devil define what great faith is rather than the Word define what great faith is. <laughs> Actually, they do have great faith because they believe Jesus is the Son of God and that He raised from the dead and uh, they haven't seen Him. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Great faith is just taking God's word for it without any evidence. That's great faith. The Bible said so. Don't let the devil define what great faith is. Yeah, there is such a thing as great faith. There is such a thing as weak faith. There's all those things. The Bible talks about it. But you've got to look at each of those passages and define what, what Jesus is actually saying. Somebody said, well, you know, like, like for walking on water, like Peter walked on the water, things like that, they take great faith. Oh, really? Oh, really? Let's go to the 14th chapter of Matthew. What I'm trying to tell you tonight is the devil has lied to a lot of people and told them they don't have the measure of faith or they don't have enough. The pro the pro their problem is not that they don't have any or that they don't have enough in so many cases. It's just that they're not using what they have. He did not say a mountain would move a mustard seed. He said, if you had faith, is this grain of mustard seed? That's talking about the size, but it's also talking about the, the power that's inside of a little seed to grow a great big bush. <laughs> In other words, he's just saying, if you had faith like a mustard seed, what do you do with a mustard seed to get it to, to, get it to uh, realize its full potential? You got to plant it. And that's, how you, that's what you got to do with your yeah. faith. Yeah. If you had faith that you would plant, yeah. how do you plant it? By saying. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's how you plant it. Amen. And then you keep watering it yeah. with, your, with your saying the same thing. Amen. And it'll grow. Yeah, it'll grow. And it'll produce. And it'll, it'll bring to pass exactly what you want. But anyway, look back here in Matthew 14. Remember Jesus was walking on the water and the disciples saw him and the disciples eventually, they got afraid first and then Jesus said, no, it's I. Peter said, if it's you, bid me come unto thee on the water in verse 28. This is Matthew chapter 14, verse 28. And then verse 29, he said, Jesus said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Did he walk on water? Yes. Somebody said he sank. No, first of all, he walked on water. He walked on water. 
But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Aren't you glad for mercy? Immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, caught him, and said unto him, O thou, because you walked on water of great faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Did Peter walk on water? Did Jesus say he had great faith? He walked on water with little faith. Jesus said he had little faith. See, when people see little there, they think amount or size. But if you look up the word little, it literally means brief or for a season. Brief or short. You remember Zacchaeus, the short guy that climbed up in the tree? It's the same Greek word translated there. It says he was of little stature. That's just a way for saying short. He's short, short little guy. That's why I climbed up the tree so he could see Jesus. It's the same Greek word there. So short is a proper term here. And, and you can find it in other places used the exact same way over in the book of Revelation. It talks about a little season until the rest of the saints get there and so forth. The ones that were killed, you know, obviously went to heaven before the rest of the saints. And they said they should rest for a little season. The same Greek word short. Uh, I mean, it means short for a short time. That's what he's talking about. A, a brief period of time. And when Jesus said little faith here, was he saying it wasn't big enough? To walk on water? No, because Peter walked on water with it. It was big enough. It just quit. It didn't endure whenever the wind and the waves and... Oh, now that's why you got to, that's why you keep feeding on the word because Jesus said it in the parable of the sower. The word has to get a root, a grow a root way. I mean, the seed of the word planted in your heart. I mean, it needs to grow a root way down into your heart so that whenever the storms of life come, it doesn't just quit. You, know, you can't pull it up so quick. Glory. So don't let the devil lie to you about that. We can spend a whole week of teachings on that. Amen. Uh, so, but anyway, praise God. You do have the, the God kind of faith. Tell your neighbor, I have the God kind of faith. Amen. Now, um, now, the Word of God says we have the measure. And uh, it's the kind that God has. It believes and it says. And, uh, and uh, it comes by, at the new birth. But then you have to feed that on the Word of God. And it can grow. It's not that it can't grow. It's just that a lot of Christians think that a little bit won't do anything. You got to get that lie out of your head. A little bit that won't quit. I'll, I'll take that over Amen. somebody that's, that's got a bunch and yeah. they quit. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, um, let's, let's pick up some things here. I've got I to hurry up. We're, we're already out of time. My goodness. I'm just now getting to what I really had in my heart. Preaching the word builds faith. Like I said, faith can grow. It grows by the facts, getting knowledge of the facts of God's word and believing those. It's based on information from the Bible. Um, if you're not preaching faith, uh, a minister is not preaching faith, then he's really not preaching the Bible. 
The Bible calls the gospel the word of faith. Remember he said Romans, what is that, 10, 6 is that? The word of faith which we preach. 10, 8 or something like that. The word of faith which we preach. He's talking about the word that he preaches. It's called the word of faith. Why? Because that's how you build it. That's how you build it. Say that's how you build it. A lot of people aren't walking in faith because of what they're hearing. When the Bible says faith comes by hearing, he's talking about the, you, can, you can develop that faith in particular areas by hearing in that area. You can develop that by hearing. Tell your neighbor, by hearing I can develop in certain areas. How many of you know that there are certain areas in our life that because of wrong th thinking or wrong teaching in yes. denominational areas or something, that, that we have struggled more in other areas to walk over into faith and victory in that area. Yes. 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 So uh, you need to hear the word in the areas that you struggle in. Yes. Amen? Yes. So, um, and that'll bring you to the place where you are able to walk free like that in, in areas that where you used to struggle in. Now, another verse, 2 Corinthians 4.13, the Bible says, We having the same spirit of faith. Say, say we have it. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about it growing. We're out of time, but I won't take much more time here. Notice there he said, uh, nourished up. We read that in 1 Timothy 4.6, nourished up in the words of faith. Say nourished up. Nourished up. So how do you nourish uh, faith? You do it with words. Your words out of your mouth will nourish your faith better than any other buddy's mouth. Speaking faith words nourishes up your own spirit. It enriches your faith. Just like different foods have different nutritional value, different kinds, different words have different faith value. Some things you can't grow strong faith on very quickly. It takes a lot of it. You know, there's some foods you have to eat a ton of it to get much nutrition. <laughs> Amen. That's the same way with words of faith. Now, you can take the Word of God. Go to Psalm 77. We'll wrap this up here. You can take the Word of God and school your own spirit and strengthen your own faith and so it can endure longer. We find in Psalm 77 here, this, this is a verse that always stood out to me. Years ago, I saw this, and it just spoke volumes to me. Look at verse number three here. I remembered God and was troubled. Not, not really the re reason he was troubled when he remembered God is he, he was realizing how far away he got from, from what God had for him. Yeah. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained. Notice this. How do you complain? With your, with your thoughts only? No, you do that with your mouth. I complained and my spirit. So it affected his spirit. What happened when he complained? His spirit was overwhelmed. You ever, then the Lord dealt with me about it this way. A lot of Christians, when you ask, how you doing? Oh, man, just busy, just busy, just busy, busy. You know why they're always busy? You're overwhelming yourself with your own mouth. Oh, that is so good, Pastor. So good. The Lord dealt with me about that. He said, you need to stop saying that. Amen. Start saying, just, just, uh, just whatever the Word says Amen. regarding the situation. You can complain. Notice he said, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. You can overwhelm yourself by always talking about how busy you are, how much you got to do, how much how you never have enough time and so forth and so on. Well, a lot of people, if you gave them another, uh, you add another 12 hours onto each one of their day, they still wouldn't have enough time. 
People say, I just have so much to do. You want to trade? Hey, hey. Uh, anybody in here want to trade? Come on, come on. I didn't think so. <laughs> I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. So what he said affected his spirit. Yes. Amen. The reality of a thing is developed by saying it. Yes. Your spirit takes on the reality of your confession. Uh, in this case, he established the wrong thing in his spirit. You can take this same principle and do it with the right things. You can establish the word in your spirit. You can establish your spirit in faith and build that faith that's inside of you by saying the right things. See, you're actually sabotaging your faith by always speaking against the word. People go to work all the time and then they speak against their job. Take, don't use your words against what you're putting your hand to. Use your words for what you're putting your hand to. Amen. If you're, if you're in sales or, you know, you work commission or something like that, you, you speak over clients coming and opportunities and, and, and sales or whatever. Amen. So really his words begat the very thing that he said in his spirit. You can take your words, take the word of God and put that in your mouth and build that in your spirit. Use, use that faith that you have to uh, strengthen yourself. Amen. You can, you can establish yourself in worry, unbelief, and uh, so forth by wrong words, or you can establish yourself in faith by speaking the right words. Amen. You can establish your heart in faith, you might say. Yes. Amen. So you can school yourself, you might say, yes. right into faith. Yes. Amen. You can read the Bible, and when the first time you read it, you don't even believe it. Yeah. <laughs> read it, and you go, that ain't true about me. You don't believe it. Right. Well, what are you going to do? Just walk around and say, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Well, you can if, if you would start saying it. One of the best ways to school yourself in that area is to say what the Word says. Now, every time you say it, the first, you, the first part when you start saying it, your mind's going to kick it out. Your heart's going to, it's not going to accept it. But you just keep on saying it because you're schooling yourself into it. If you want to get into something, you have to school yourself into it. Amen. Don't depend on other people to do all your schooling. You, you, I mean, you can come to church and get a lot, but don't misunderstand me. You've got to say this with your mouth. I'm talking about establishing yourself in a belief that you didn't have based on God's Word. Amen. You getting the hold of that? Yes. You remember the woman with the issue of blood? The Amplified says she kept saying. Yes. She kept saying. Yes. She started setting that thing in motion by, by establishing that in her heart. Yes. She just kept saying that. Yes. Now, it's not, when you, don't, when you say it and don't believe it, it's not a confession of faith yet. Right. It's a confession of the Word. Because right. confession of faith is something that you already believe. Yes. If you don't yet believe it, it's a confession of the word, but that doesn't mean that's wrong. Right. You can school yourself into believing yeah. it. Right. Now, I'm not talking about, not talking about your head. Right. Yes, sir. You can believe in your heart and doubt things in your head. On, in fact, I do it all the time. Yeah. I say things and my head goes, you're going to what? <laughs> the staff comes to me and said, this came up. We've got to do this. I'll check my spirit. Yeah, just go ahead and do it. Okay, go ahead. My head's going. <laughs> you just spent 14000 on that. You just spent, the, you're just putting in all these washers and dryers back here. You're just doing this. And my head's going, what? You're doing what? And I, but I had, this, I had it down in here. And I said it out of my spirit, yes. believing what I said. Yes. Amen. Amen. And it works. 
absolutely works. <laughs> we just uh, signed a contract. They haven't got it done yet. We're trying to get them to put a date to, to fix these parking lots. How much was that? 12000 Something like that. I mean, right now, my head's been going, you're doing what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. come on. Yeah. But I checked my spirit, and we're going to do it in two phases. One phase out here we're going to do next year. Yeah. But uh, I, think, I, I forget, was it 12000 I'm not trying to mislead anybody. I think that's what it was. And uh, check my spirit. Yep, go ahead and do it. Amen. 14 there, 12 there, 7 here. I mean, somebody said, you wake at night? Nope, sleeping like a baby. <laughs> Because my words, are, I'm not fighting it. No, I'm, yes, not, I'm not struggling. No. I said it, my words are out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my words are out there beating it up. Come on, there you go. <laughs> Glory. Glory be to God. You can form a belief on purpose. You absolutely can. You know, when I walk by, when I go to Walmart or I go to the grocery store, which is not very often, but... Uh, I walk past the checkout stand or check, you know, and they got those newspapers there that, you know, biggest baby ever born, 82 pounds or something like that, you know. <laughs> or Moses re reappears in some mountain or something, you know, just, you know what I always do when I look at that, I always say, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I'm establishing myself in unbelief. <laughs> Because we all know it's lies. Yeah. Isn't that right? And you need to answer things when you watch them on TV. You need to answer things when they come on. They, they, they give statistics about how many people get this cancer and, and all of that. You need to answer that. How do I answer it, Pastor? You might say something like this. A thousand will fall at my side and ten thousand at my right, but it'll not come near me. See, what you're hearing, you're schooling yourself into faith, Amen. especially if you start going out and say, you know, I saw on TV the other day that half the people in the world are going to get this kind of cancer. And, you know, I just sure hope it isn't me. Oh, please. Come on. Well, you just keep saying that. Stand to your feet. I thought, I, I think we got a good start on this anyhow. I really have so much more to give, but we're out of time. <clears throat> we were years ago way back. We weren't married very long. Pastor Debbie's family was going to a church, a real kind of like an old-time Pentecostal church up, I mean, down there in Kansas City. And uh, they, uh, the past, I guess your dad must have talked to the pastor about us being in traveling ministry or something. I don't know how he got a hold of us. But he wanted us to come preach or somehow. Or his dad, your, your dad talked him into it or somehow. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we went there. I, I was praying about it. I said, because I knew what kind of church it was. I mean, old-time Pentecostal. And they weren't necessarily fond of the message I'm preaching tonight. So uh, some of you came out of those churches. But anyway, so I said, uh, I told Lord, I, I, they're not going to receive what I'm preaching there. Why do you? Because he kept witnessing with me to go. And I kept arguing with the Lord. Lord, why? They're not going to receive. And the Lord never said anything. He just said, I want you to go. So we went, set up for, what was it, third, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, or something like that. We were up there, and I said, Lord, what do you want me to preach? got up there, what do you want me to preach on? He said, just faith, just faith. <laughs> so I started off, and boy, it was tough sledding. <laughs> I mean, they're looking at you through their religious eyes, thinking, mm, that's not the way we preach it here, you know. Come on. Yeah. Come on. 
So I just kept at it because the Lord said to do it. And we'd go out to lunch with the pastor. This happened a time or two, two or three times. And uh, we'd be eating, you know, and, and, and we'd be discussing something. And he would stop and he'd say, you know, I don't know what it'll be. It'll either be a cancer or a heart attack. It's going to get me. And then he'd go back to eat. And it'd just jar me. Because yeah. words like that, I don't, I don't hear words like that like yeah. I used to hear right. that. Right. And I mean, in this man's, how old was he in his 60s? Fit? Yeah. yeah, early 60s maybe, something like that. And so I'm in my, at that time, barely 30 maybe. And, uh, you know, just last week. No, I'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> But the, my point is, here's a man twice my age, yeah. been in the ministry longer than me. Yes, and I didn't feel like I, you know, some young whippersnapper, now you need not say that, you know. <laughs> yes. So I didn't come out and just kind of correct him, but I just tried to, you know, speak a little bit about what the Word said, about what we were preaching. You know? Amen, right. amen. And not in a corrective way, no, just sir. you know how you can yes. do it, yeah. especially with people that are yeah. more elderly or sure. something. So, but that happened two or three times during our, our time there, and we were eating. And uh, then I realized why the Lord sent me there, because he keeps saying that. He's going to die of one of those things he's saying. He's trying, the Lord's trying to get that turned around. How long was it after we were there? I'm just six months after we were there. Got a phone call from Debbie's mother. Uh, Pastor so-and-so was just diagnosed with cancer. How long was it after that he died? Three months, I think. It was three months or something like that. Sure enough. Somebody said, why did, I don't know why God does things in mysterious ways. His, we don't understand his ways. No, come on. God didn't do that. That man did that. That's exactly right. Yes, sir. He said it. And you can tell when he said it, that wasn't the first time he said that. Yeah, come on. And he established that in his heart. And, and the devil took advantage of that and put cancer on him. Now, not everybody is that way, but that's one thing the devil will do. He'll get people to say something. He operated in a spiritual law. God didn't have anything to do with which side of the law he's on, but he, he, he set that law in motion. Yes. Amen. Amen. So even if you feel like you're lower than a snake's belly in a wagon rut, say, I have the victory. Say, I always triumph in Christ. Besides that, do you ever notice your feelings change when you start saying the right things? Absolutely. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.